This is Quotations, a podcast about words, written and spoken throughout history. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, we shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. No matter where you're from, your dreams are valid. The Pale Blue Dot, the only home we've ever known. Hello and welcome to Quotations. I'm Matthew Monroe. Here's today's quote. Now, this moment, right now, is all there ever is. Any book on happiness is likely to tell you to set clear goals on what you want to achieve and then work towards achieving them. The problem is, it doesn't really work. You might become a millionaire by the time you're 40, but then you realize you haven't been able to sustain a happy relationship. Or when it doesn't work out, you feel lost and you blame yourself. When we live for our goals, we forget to live now. The philosopher Alan Watts made the point that when you listen to a piece of music, you don't just skip to the end because that's where it all comes together. You don't just read the last chapter of a book because that's the climax. Yet in life, we're obsessed with endings. So you study for these exams, so you can go to this university to get this job to work your way up to what? Eventually you reach some position in your 50s and you think, is this it? Is this the thing? Is this what I've been working for? And you forget that maybe life should be more like a piece of music and you're supposed to be dancing. And that is the mentalist, illusionist and author Darren Brown. Darren Brown was born February 27th, 1971, in London, England. He studied law at the University of Bristol and has performed both on stage and on television through a large portion of his adult life. Now, mentalists are performing artists who employ highly refined natural abilities to perform seemingly supernatural acts. For example, a mentalist might use body language reading, emotional IQ, and an in-depth understanding of the human psyche to perform seemingly psychic behaviors or even precognition. This probably sounds like a psychic or a medium that people use to communicate with dead relatives, see the future, things like that. And it's the same set of skills and illusions just openly advertised as an artistic performance and not the unethical exploitation of unknowing subjects. And I'm sure there are probably some listeners out there who might be psychics or mediums and take offense at that, and none is intended, but I'm not buying what you're selling, let me put it that way. And this is what Brown practices, and it's it's really a fascinating thing to watch. And today's quote is the opening sequence from his special called Miracle, which I highly encourage you to watch as it is both a fascinating set of examples of stagecraft, illusion, and, and practical psychology, And just plain entertainment. I really, really enjoyed it. Now, naturally, some of what Brown performs begets controversy and a significant amount of speculation as to the means and methods that he employs. Certainly, those who purport to have actual psychic abilities do not appreciate Brown demonstrating and openly informing his audiences that it is all, indeed, a clever trick. Additionally, while Brown doesn't claim to have any supernatural abilities, he does perform seemingly supernatural feats and, as any performer would, does not reveal all of the how. And as the old saying goes, magicians do not keep secrets from you, they keep secrets for you. The magic and wonder is in the illusion itself. 
right? And once revealed, some of that wonder is, is kind of lost and some of the magic dissipates. And if you were like me in the 90s, you probably watched at some point Breaking the Magician's Code, Magic's Biggest Secrets Finally Revealed. You probably remember the show. that The masked magician with the black and white face paint that for years, probably a few seasons worth, I forget how many, but for a number of years, showed the how-to behind a lot of very famous illusions. And in the show, he kind of peeled back the curtain, as it were, and showed us the ins and outs of illusions from people being sawn in half and stabbed with swords, how to catch a bullet in your teeth, etc., etc. And it was both fascinating and kind of disappointing. Fascinating because you got to see how all these really interesting illusions were done, but disappointing because some of them were just so simple, so seemingly easy, that it kind of, kind of ruined them. And that's what I'm talking about with some of the illusions here. Whether it be Brown attempting to predict the future or speak to an audience member's dead relative or a magician sawing somebody in half on stage, not knowing how it's done is a bit of what makes it special. It's a bit of why there was so much backlash at The Masked Magician when that show was on the air was because he was breaking the code, right? Breaking the magician's code. It was right in the title of the show. And the show, as I said, caused a lot of commotion in that some folks, especially other magicians, felt that their craft was being undermined by the show. Now, of course, the counter-argument, and I think this was even mentioned in the show, was that it was instead driving the craft forward to bigger and better illusions because old tricks could no longer be relied upon. A flourish here, a change there, but the same basics of the fundamentals of the trick People now knew the fundamentals of the trick. You can go watch those episodes and see the fundamentals of those tricks. Many of them are not performed anymore because they're so well-known now. And this is what Brown does in a very entertaining way, right? This, of course, upsets some viewers, but that's kind of bound to happen. And as I mentioned, this comes from Brown's TV special called Miracle. And in it, he performs a series of illusions, including eating and teaching an audience member how to eat glass. He nearly impales his hand on a large nail hidden in a paper bag, and he performs supposed faith healing, all in one very memorable performance. So I'm going to play the clip for you one more time, and then now that you know a little bit about Brown's background, uh, we'll dig into the quote just a little bit more. So here it is again. This is Darren Brown, the opening sequence of the show Miracle. Now... This moment, right now, is all there ever is. Any book on happiness is likely to tell you to set clear goals on what you want to achieve and then work towards achieving them. The problem is, it doesn't really work. You might become a millionaire by the time you're 40, but then you realise you haven't been able to sustain a happy relationship. Or when it doesn't work out, you feel lost and you blame yourself. When we live for our goals, we forget to live now. The philosopher Alan Watts made the point that when you listen to a piece of music, you don't just skip to the end because that's where it all comes together. You don't just read the last chapter of a book because that's the climax. Yet in life, we're obsessed with endings. So you study for these exams, so you can go to this university to get this job to work your way up to what? Eventually you reach some position in your 50s and you think, is this it? Is this the thing? Is this what I've been working for? And you forget that maybe life should be more like a piece of music and you're supposed to be dancing. 
So as always, why this quote, right? Why did this jump out at me? Why were these words so compelling as to make their way into my quote book and churn in my brain as they have since I saw the show originally? I think it aired in 2018. But as usual, the quote conveys a simple yet profound statement. One that is summarized elsewhere as stop and smell the roses and life's a journey, not a destination. And as much as I hate the song, it's not about how fast you get there. It ain't about what's waiting on the other side. It's the climb. Hate the song. The message is strong, though. And what Brown highlights for us here is the natural tendency we have to look way out into the future, to dream, to aspire, to plan, to achieve, and to plan to achieve, I guess. And I don't think what Brown is saying here is that those things are wrong, right? I don't think those are wrong. I think just how much of our lives we spend living in the future is the part that he's calling into question. For example, we save for our retirement so that one day we can travel. We buy insurance in case one day we get sick. And we take jobs we may not like because they pay more so that one day we can go on a vacation. And what we forget sometimes is that there are simple enjoyments right here and right now. And I, won't even, I shouldn't even say simple. It's not simple enjoyments. It's enjoyments. It's things that make life worth living are right here in front of us right now. And you'll note that in this quote, Brown references another quote. And what do I love more than a quote here? A quote within a quote. And he references a quote by Alan Watts. And he, Alan Watts was a British philosopher. He died in 1973. But the quote that Brown references here about music goes like this. Alan Watts says, When we make music, we don't do it in order to reach a certain point, such as the end of the composition. If that were the purpose of music, then obviously the fastest players would be the best. Also, when we are dancing, we are not aiming to arrive at a particular place on the floor as in a journey. When we dance, the journey itself is the point. And when we play music, the playing itself is the point. End quote. And Brown elaborates on that more fully and says, of course, that, that we should be recognizing that life is not about getting to the end, not about getting to a specific destination, because sometimes that destination that we longed for for so long turns out to be a massive disappointment. But instead, we missed all of these things along the way because we were so focused on what was out in front of us. And it doesn't sound particularly profound when you think about it, but yet we all do it all the time. Now, this must be balanced with a modicum of prudence and preparedness, lest we descend into complete nihilism and hedonism at the expense of our future selves. But what I think Brown is arguing here is that on the spectrum of the now us and the future us, we focus far too much on the future us and that we should drag the pendulum back towards the now. That's what he's saying at the very beginning when he says, this moment right here is all there ever is. And there are times where this thought really reaches out and just slaps me right across the face. And it usually goes something like this. Say I'm grabbing my keys to leave the house. My hand closes on the keys and I, I have the thought that cars are really big. Really profound, Matt, I know. Cars are really big, they're really fast, and that just by getting in this one today, at the exact moment that I am, I could be driving my car into a situation that ends with me dead. Morbid? Maybe, but not impossible. It happens every day. And so perhaps I think I could sit in the car for an extra five seconds, 
And then I would avoid the exact traffic pattern that results in me getting broadsided by a bus, right? Maybe that would do it. But then my mind goes, well, what if that's exactly what fate wants me to do? So I can enter into a different traffic pattern and hit a patch of oil and crash into a telephone pole. And on and on and on ad nauseum. It may sound strange to you, but if you haven't already slowly backed away from your phone or your Bluetooth speaker or however you're listening to my voice, stay with me for just another couple minutes here because it is precisely this type of thinking that helps keep me in the now. Right? Recognizing that any or all of that could happen. I could go out in the car and I could get hit by a bus. I could go out in the same car five seconds later, hit a patch of oil and crash into a telephone pole. Those things could happen. And that's my brain's weird way, wired as strangely as it is, of reminding me that each moment really is precious. And again, that may not sound profound, but how often do we do that? Every day, we go about a routine set of tasks, any one of which could go horribly wrong and be the last thing that we ever do. How many things did we overlook in that process? Even now, you have one fewer moment than you did just a moment ago. Just by listening to this, there is something else that you did not do. And don't get me wrong, listener, I appreciate you taking the time to sit here and listen to me talk about this. And I know it's a little bit existential and... I hate the idea of sending somebody down an existential rabbit hole, but that's really what life is. There are precious few moments. We talk about those moments that everyone lives for, right? The moment that you get married and the moment that you have your first child and the moment that your parents die and the moment that, you know, you lose a pet or whatever, these, these milestone moments. What people don't talk about and what I think Brown is trying to encourage us to think about is the fact that in between those milestones... There's a ton of other things. There's a ton of other things worth appreciating. A ton of other things that are deserving of our attention. And while they may not be these monumental high points or low points that mark out a life, they make up far more of a life than those milestone moments do. The fact that you have a child that graduates from high school and moves on to whatever it is that they go to next, whether it be a trade or college or parenthood or military service, it doesn't much matter. If you were to just forsake all the preceding years as well, the destination is what mattered. I got them to adulthood. You missed all of it. And how many moments punctuated that, those 18 or so years that you had with that child? That's what Brown is saying. If all you do is focus on what is out in front of you, you'll miss all of the things that are happening around you right now. And every one of us has a last time that we'll ever talk to each person we talk to. And that doesn't mean that they'll all die tomorrow, or that we will, for that matter. It could be years in the future. But the last time you ever speak to them could be today. You could have had a conversation that you hung up the phone yesterday, and that's the last time you'll ever talk to that person. Not out of spite, just out of the process of living. So I think what Brown and Watts, and certainly I, would hope that you take away from this is, are you saying everything that you'll have wished you said? Are you doing everything you'll have wished you did? If not, change that. Say those things. Do those things. Don't put off for five more years the vacation that you've been meaning to go on because I just need to get through this one project at work. Take the vacation. Don't put off 
calling that person that you haven't spoken to in a while who's been on your mind recently, but you just can't figure out why, pick up the phone and call that person because you never know if that opportunity will be missed. And I've had those opportunities and I've missed them. And I can tell you from experience what a terrible feeling that is. So much more so if you get to the end of your life and realize that not only did you not say the things that you wanted to say, that you didn't do the things that you wanted to do, but that all of that was somewhere out in the future. And as Brown or Watts might say, hopefully one of those things is dancing. Life is a piece of music. We're supposed to be dancing. Until next time, I'm Matthew Monroe. This is Quotations, and thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app or visit me at quotationspod.com to download and listen. Please also take a moment to recommend the podcast to a friend. That's a huge help. You can tweet at me at quotationspod. Send me an email to quotationspod at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram at quotationspod or join the conversation on Facebook at quotationspod. I look forward to hearing from you, welcome your feedback, and thanks as always for listening.